I feel like the word guru has gone the opposite of the word journalist. How can I look like I am a stock market genius? Go rent a Lambo for a couple of hours. I'm just gonna start running for like no reason through the woods and jumping over stuff. You can trick yourself into thinking you're educating yourself. Philosophers. Philosophers. So, David, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about things that grind our gears, as usual. Mm. What today, specifically? Uh, another one of the usual things. Uh, arrogant people who... Well, maybe maybe not even arrogant. That, that maybe isn't even the right word. Um, mentally ill. Who, yes, mentally ill people. No. Um, people who uh, pretend to know things that they don't. Mm. Like gurus? Yes, gurus. What is a guru? What is a? I I feel like there is going to be a certain subsect of the population that's going to get really offended that I use the word guru for some reason. Okay, according to the American Heritage Dictionary, a guru in Hinduism and Tibetan Buddhism is a personal spiritual teacher. Oh, no, we're good. Um, yeah, we're good. Um, they're fine. Um, okay. Let's see. Okay, then we have specifics. Uh about another thing okay here we go definition three a trusted counselor and advisor a mentor hmm. i feel like that term also gets used in a much more layman's way these days um i'll use it in a sentence you know youtube health gurus recommend insert thing right um the trusted, I, I feel like in common parlance, that word is losing its meaning when it comes to trusted, or maybe maybe not. Um, but I think that I think the point we the want trust to... is a lot less appropriate or due to them. Yeah, uh, or maybe. I mean, I think that. The, uh, okay, I'm going to equivalent gurus to con men here. <laughs> Um, cause it, they can be, and I feel like they often are. And I think there's a reason I feel like anyone who brands themselves as a guru is a con man. Probably. Yeah. That's the thing. Like there are definitely people that I would, I would say like on, even on YouTube that I would call a guru and mean it. Mm -hmm. And it, like this person just genuinely gives good advice about a certain topic. Yeah. I feel like the word guru has gone the opposite of the word journalist where the word journalist used to actually be like almost a pejorative like it was not a considered a good thing to be one and mm -hmm. well, and then journalists did a good uh, job rebranding themselves as like the knowers. not the not the arbiters of truth per se although they kind of treat themselves that way now um but like yeah like the bringers of truth mm -hmm. the finders of the truth yes the tellers of happenings yeah. yes um how it really went down yeah uh gurus i think i feel like it's kind of the opposite it's you know used to be well-respected a, a spiritual leader or a teacher yeah yeah and then yeah now it's just like i watched <laughs> i read a book <laughs> i read jordan peterson's 10 rules for life <laughs> so i'm gonna go ahead and become a lifestyle guru yeah i mean it, but i do think before we go too much into the common problems with i think it should be much easier to talk about when it comes to gurus I don't think this is new. I just think it's easier to be one now. Um, so what's a con artist? I mean, I think everyone knows, but like, 
what what is a con artist uh, someone who tricks other people usually for money it's like a scammer yes yeah i think more importantly a con artist what i would say def- okay so con artists are scammers but not all scammers are con artists i put it that way and this is all me on common like just how i would define and use the terms because i feel like in order to be a con man it, it you in order to fall into that you have to build up a different you, you, there's a lie involved right where you are building up and i you, you're taking trust from others um and misusing it for your own personal benefit um okay uh the dictionary again has a has a pretty good definition for this all right let's hear it okay so con uh in the fourth sense uh definition one uh to swindle a victim by first winning the victim's confidence hmm yeah whereas if you're just a two-bit scammer people may not trust you at, at all but the, the you may like goad someone into a scam by offering a really strong reward and that offsets the trust and they may but asking for a small investment for a large reward and so the trust isn't as necessary you're just getting people to take a bad bet Mm -hmm. you know whereas a con artist or in the way that i'm talking about it is that you're it falls apart if you're not trusted like the moment your credibility is called into question it really hampers your ability to continue the con whereas scammers like Good example. We all know, I, th- I would hope anyway, that most people these days would know when you get a pop-up saying you're the one millionth visitor of a website and you've won no money. No one's seen any of those in decades, by the way, but... Uh, you'd be surprised. They still happen. Would I be? Well, you just use an ad blocker. That's why you don't see them. I guess so. They're, they're out there. And they're there because they work enough. You know. Cool. Yeah. So th- that that's how I would draw the distinction. And... I think it's important to draw that distinction because I will not say that all gurus are scammers necessarily, but they are almost all inherently con men in my opinion. Yeah. So like a, a, the most basic scam. I, okay. Whenever I think of scams, I always think of uh, the RuneScape, of course, but it bleeds into real life now, especially in the, uh, in the cryptocurrency space. Um, so the most basic RuneScape leveled scam is uh, give me your money and I'll give you back double. Um, but that doesn't involve like winning someone's confidence. I guess maybe where it crosses the line into being a con in this sense is like, hmm, okay, maybe you'll double my money. I'll start by giving you a dollar and see if you double that. Okay, now, and you did it. Okay, mm-hmm. so now I trust you a little bit. Okay, now 10, now 100. And you're waiting for me to hand over $1,000 and then you run off with my money. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, or... I think another good example is a con artist has to convince you that they know what they're talking about. And in and, and, and the particular case where we're discussing gurus. Um, Elon Musk. Sorry. I mean, kind of. But I'm thinking more like health and fitness people. Yes. That That is... Yeah. And that... Okay. This is health an example. And fitness, health and fitness is rife with all kinds of other bad things um that aren't necessarily cons yeah like it's it's a mysterious thing to most folks who don't seem to understand the very simple things there are to understand about being healthy yeah it your your body is actually okay your body is complicated but like 
being healthy is not very complicated. Uh, let me, let but me it, is, it is mysterious to people. And so the people will come up with all kinds of, oh, well, okay. And nobody wants to hear the right answer, right? The right answer mm-hmm. is painful to hear about diet and exercise. That's the answer. Yeah. Diet and exercise is how you become healthy. Um, healthy enough, we'll say. Because there's a big difference between being in peak health and just being healthy. True. Yeah, I guess you could you could min max your your nutrients and your exact exercise routine to try to get the most healthy, whatever that means. But yeah, good diet and some exercise, you're going to be fairly healthy. Yeah, like you're not going to be getting like sick all the time and hurting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But the links that someone will go to to be a guru and the way they monetize that and their the way it becomes a long con i think is that if you're 500 pounds and you're trying to be a health guru you're not going to convince very many people but like the number of people who look healthy and that's the key thing look healthy sound healthy and can and demonstrate something that someone in health can do and then turns around you know they, they use that trust that they gain by just being an obvious example of health, even if they're not actually healthy, which is the important part. Right. They could be doing steroids or something like that to build oh, yeah. up muscle and like, yeah, otherwise destroy or yeah, taking all kinds of like diet supplements or weight loss pills, things like that, that are killing them. But you can't tell from the outside. Yeah. Especially if you're watching them through the lens of a YouTube video, which is another whole other thing, which is like, who knows what kind of processing went on to that video. That's true. These days, it is incredibly easy to fake appearances mm-hmm. on a computer. But it's enough to convince somebody to buy your book. Which books are a scam. Um, changed my mind. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to say books are a scam. If Okay, books are not a scam. But whenever I see somebody doing anything trying to sell their own book, I assume scam. Which is surprisingly high it, it's yes. incredible to me that people are still buying books in the volume to make that a worthwhile endeavor yes because it's not like you're gonna read it no no one reads books no it's just a way to buy someone buy your appreciation for someone having done the thing that they wrote the book about not yes. not even the book oh god don't okay i'm going down that rabbit hole why is it that every single person who's ever elected to public office has to publish a book the year after they get out of office about their time in office and then about every scandal that happens after that, they need to write a book about how when they were in office, they actually saw things like this, you know, or whatever. Journalists also writing crap tons of novels about scandals that didn't actually happen, but were like similar to things that they saw. Like seeing how many books that are published with Bill O'Reilly as the author is shocking to me. I'm like, holy crap, this guy cannot write this many books. Which, by the way, he may not have. Ghostwriters are a thing. Yeah, that's the thing. We don't actually know if he's writing those books. But, like, another good example. Like, you know how many people have gone out and actually done truly amazing things? Like, there are people out there who have, like, actually traveled across the world and climbed, like, the seven tallest mountains in the world. That That is a remarkably difficult feat to accomplish. Sure. In its own right. But then they write a stupid book about climbing seven mountains and people feel like they need to buy it. Like, how does What are your... you going to learn from this book? exactly like how does your experience climbing seven mountains directly relate to something you can put into a book that someone else can benefit from and it might be something stupid like your revelations that you achieve by climbing seven mountains and so it's a way for people to like say well i don't even need to go climb the seven mountains to have the revelation this person had i can just read their book for 29.99 guess what i'll let you in on the revelation it was hard um it, it hard 
turns out doing hard and dangerous. Things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you have to prepare a lot. Like, but the, the, yeah, what else are you going to learn from reading a book about climbing mountains? Exactly. And so I'm a little off base. Also, if you if you also want to be the guy who climbed seven mountain, the seven tallest mountains, um, reading that guy's book is not going to help you do that. You need to go read actual instructions and get training to do that. Like, I genuinely wonder how many astronauts have read other astronauts' books before becoming an astronaut. And that's like the most likely group of people I would actually. Expect I was going to say, like, book. yeah, I, I could, I could definitely see someone. Okay, well, okay, all the all the kids when they ask when they get asked, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" They always pick stuff like that. But the one who actually does want to become an astronaut is probably the the one who's like, "Okay, kids, it's time to go to the library and pick a book," and he picks like Neil Armstrong's biography or something like that. Like, maybe, but like, but that's like in the best case, right? You know, um. I don't know. So this is just one example of how I think that like fake gurus, like they end up monetizing the con, but there are many ways. And like the cheapest, most obvious one to me is like brand deals for supplements and crap. Like go watch any health channel and they're shilling something like some pill, some vitamin, some meal planning pro- so- uh, not software <laughs> <laughs> meal planning software god talk about a crap shoot. that definitely exists it, um, it does but it's it's a service you know like oh i can get on hello fresh or something not sponsored by the way not sponsored don't use them um and i'm they're reverse sponsored don't use hello fresh forehead go to costco or some big also box not store. a sponsor also not a sponsor but i would actually be more okay with that because at least they that's an honest business <laughs> like um HelloFresh is like, um, life too hard to make food. Yeah, I can't go to the grocery store and buy food off of a shelf to feed myself. Yeah, God forbid I buy a five pack of chicken breasts and a pound bag of rice and cook it on a Sunday in 20 minutes and then package it into little plastic containers I could have gotten for $3.99 from Walmart. And reuse them next week. And reuse them next week. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't feel bad for you. It's fatherless behavior. But anyway. Um, anyway. Just like how, but I think this was a thing that happened back in the day too. Like there were definitely some serious con men back in the day claiming to be spiritual leaders and they would do the things that they needed to do to convince you that they were like, like, okay, I'm going to pick on one here and this is going to be kind of a hot take. Gandhi was a con artist, changed my mind. Hmm, Okay. So for those of you who know who Mahatma Gandhi is, which most people do, Gandhi is kind of a very well-known figure. Um, What did Gandhi wear? Uh, barely anything for most of his life i don't know have you ever seen pictures of young gandhi no he he was like a like on the order of like an indian aristocrat that spoke perfect british english okay in his upbringing and that was most of his life and he started wearing that way and he actually coached out an Indian accent throughout his life. Like he, he taught himself that accent and like rehearsed that accent throughout his life to take on that appearance of like an Indian guru wise man. Now he achieved good things. I'm not saying that this detracts from the things that Gandhi did. He got the British out of India, like largely through his efforts. Right. That's a good thing. But, but an Indian, I could solve all my problems by not eating for a while. Right. And I'm not saying he didn't do the hard things like that. Right. But what I'm saying by him being a comment is I feel like he looked at what he was trying to do and said, there's no way I can do this wearing suits because he did. 
for a long time. He he tried the policy way of doing it. He's like, but I can't lead India out of the Raj by playing Britain's game. No, I have to become... I have to get the people on my side. Yeah, yeah, I have to become a traditional Indian man. And he did. So in one way, the, the way it's a con to me is that it was artificial. That's not who he was. At least he put initially. on a persona, yeah, yeah. But it, in, in, it, but if you wear, but the it pers- worked though. It worked, and and hear me out. Maybe near the end of his life, he wore the persona so long that it became his persona. And that's a thing that can happen. Sure. Fake it till you make it is absolutely right. he, a thing. He faked it and he made it. Yeah, but it started as a con, with good intentions, right? And in order to be a con, you don't actually necessarily, I think, need to like. It depends on what you mean by swindle. Because he did swindle the British, technically. He got them to do something they didn't want to do, which was abandon India back to the people who live there. Mm-hmm. But so there's an example. So I, I think this has happened for a long time. There's obviously plenty of examples of like, you know, religious figures that, I mean, if you dress the part, you know, people will listen to you. I guarantee you, you could dress up in the black suit, pants, a black shirt, black belt with the white stupid collar that you know, Catholic fathers, priests wear, and you could probably throw a Bible under your right arm and go sit in a park. And eventually someone will come up to you seeking your advice. Yeah. Asking me advice about their life. Yeah. You're like, Oh father, help me. I whatever. And that's a con. And, and it's kind of rooted in this idea that we need these institutions, which we talked about in our, in our episode on experts. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's something about like dressing like an expert, in this case yeah. a spiritual expert technically i guess yeah it's the con of dressing up like a con man but go on yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and people are willingly putting their faith in these people so i don't feel that bad for these people like obviously it's still a con it's still wrong but it's like at some point i draw the line between you needed to unforehead yourself before this you would have always fallen for this it didn't matter what it was right um but now it's just so much easier to be a con artist, I think, because there's such a bifurcation in people's identities, uh, thanks to the internet. Yeah, I mean, so I think my favorite example to to draw attention to is finance gurus, mm. um, which are I don't know if I would say that they're uh, they're worse than than the health and fitness gurus. They, okay, finance gurus can definitely ruin people, but they won't actually make you unhealthy, probably. Uh, it, it depends, depends, I guess. on what unhealthy means. Um, so, yeah. And so the thing... Okay, they do the exact same thing as the, the health and fitness uh, gurus putting on appearances, whereas the health and fitness gurus might uh, do drugs and stuff like that to, to look healthier than they really are. Um, the uh, the finance gurus will go, like, rent expensive stuff mm-hmm. and act like they own it, right? Yep. How can I look like I am... Like, how can I look like I am a stock market genius? Go rent a Lambo for a couple of hours and make a video, or yeah. make make an make hours of videos that I cut up into twenty minute segments, and I'm good for the next six months. Right? Yeah, rent a Lambo and get out of it and walk into a private jet um, that I didn't even pay to fuel to take off because we're not going anywhere. Um, not important. <laughs> um, and now you think I'm a rich guy, and 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 all I have to do is tell you that I did this by. Um, by making money on the stock market and you can learn how to do this too if only you'll pay me five thousand dollars for uh, my course on how i did it join my hustler university where i teach you how to trade stocks like yeah um and i think there's softer forms of this as well that even good guys use so like obviously if you if you're into if, if this tickles your fancy to hear about financial scammers getting busted 
we always recommend a. I, I don't want to call my friend of the channel because we don't know him, but like I would another philosophers recommends Coffeezilla. Coffeezilla. We have mentioned Coffeezilla in the episode about scams. Yeah, uh, uh, which is definitely a parallel too, but that's okay. Yeah, and his bread and butter is financial stuff. Um, but even Coffeezilla, like, it, it, like one thing way that he is similar to, I think, the uh, scammers. And I don't mean this to be a mark on his reputation. But these stock trading scammers, how many times do you see in their videos, they, they get out of their Lambo, walk into their private jet, and then it cuts to them in their office somehow. And their office isn't very nice, but behind them, they're usually facing away from their computers. And you can see what's on the screens. And it's just generic stock ticker looking things, right? Yes. That You have to have that up there and you're not legit. Yeah, you got to have the red and green uh, boxes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And even CoffeeZilla kind of does that where, where he's got like, granted, he, he I think, is okay because he, he points it out as a joke. The $10 million studio yes. joke. But he's got like a totally CGI background with like all of the analysis tools with the flying Lambo. But he's doing it as a bit. Right. It's ironic. Yeah. But I think it also lends to his credibility of like, I'm, I am, I do have credibility to talk about these things and make jokes on them a little bit because it's like, it fits the theme. Mm -hmm. And because frankly, sometimes it's just more entertaining. It's fun to watch a person who's in front of an interesting background, you know, another great, right, instead of just like in his bedroom or whatever. Yeah. Another good channel is like technology connections has a really well-built studio at his house. Yeah. Very interesting, uh, gadgets and stuff to look at in the background lots of colors and that kind of helps reinforce and, and and there's a thin line between trying to communicate your interest or your expertise or your hobbies you know about a certain topic in like having backgrounds like for example we are an all audio podcast but if we did do a studio recorded session it might actually lend to our credibility just a teensy bit to get some bookcases with fake books in them and some actual armchairs you know, and mahogany everything. Yes. And smoke. And a fireplace. Yeah. And grow out some sick beards and wear tweed. But like, and, and on the one hand, it like kind of communicates the other, like we're talking about philosophy because you, we all have a stereotypical idea about what a philosopher needs to look like. You know, I can adopt a really annoying speech impediment like Slavoj Zizek and then like really sell it to certain people. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. Although he can't help that, so no shots at him. But like for that anyway, um, there's other issues I have with him. But like, that's not the point of this video or this episode. Um, but yeah, like you, there's like the soft form of like, I'm just trying to communicate my interest. And like, if you vibe with this vibe, then you might like it here. And you kind of have to do that to get people interested in the first place. But then there's the like trying to build up some legitimacy around a particular authority. Um, and the internet makes it just so much easier to do that. And I wonder, I'd like to talk a little bit about like why this is so prominent maybe and like how successful people are doing this. Yeah. Um, and it's for everything. If you have a thing, if there's just a thing about, you know, that you're interested in, you'll find a guru about it. Sure. You know, um, the, the obvious ones we mentioned already, health and fitness, which includes diets, which are separate, but the same. Yeah, still under that same category, but diets are their own niche. Um, di diet and exercise are each their own niche under that. Yeah, there's the um, making money, but there's a bunch underneath that. There's not real financial advisors, but there's also the hustlers that are like teaching you how to gig lifestyle your way into making money. There's also like those hyper minimalist people that teach you how to save every penny and coupon. And again, across all of these different disciplines, if you want to call them that, there are 
there are people who actually do a really good job and give good advice but there's also but they're one in a thousand gurus you know um but like relationship stuff oh, oh my goodness. lord oh and oh, there's no and there's some good cringe in there yes um uh and it's getting to the point where of course, also- those have been around since like magazines oh yeah magazines to tell you dear penthouse <laughs> 10 ways to tell if your boyfriend is cheating on you no joke <laughs> without asking him, without asking him instead of just talking to him <laughs> 10 ways to come to the conclusion without his involvement that he is a dirtbag <laughs> like, and why you need to spice up your sex life with someone else <laughs> like in this episode of Cosmo. Oh, and also 50 million ads on perfumes and crap that you can use to go there and do this with. Dude, I thought that ads on YouTube were bad. I opened... If, if you've not been to a place like a waiting room and picked up a magazine in a while, it's still hot garbage. Like 80% oh, of this thing is Yeah, I ads. imagine it has to be, yeah. So bad. <laughs> I hate it. Um, and what's even worse is people pay for this crap. You will pay for a magazine, which is 80% ads. Like, holy crap, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I think the only the only magazine things that uh, that arrive at my door, um, and I still usually end up throwing them away, um, but they're uh, product catalogs, so it literally is just a giant ad for uh, this, this uh, online store that I like for me to just thumb through and see ways that I can spend my money. <laughs> it's true American pastime. <laughs> Nothing more American than the Sears catalog. <laughs> <laughs> Man, bring back the Sears catalog. Yeah, hear me out. Except it's just called Amazon today. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> but yeah, there's like gurus about everything. And I feel like it used to more correlate with like things people had legitimate problems with, like the, the dating advice stuff, right? Um, or perceived problems, you know, um, how to look better, you know, how to talk better, how to talk to girls, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, how to know if your guy's the right guy. How to get an idea in your head about what he should do tomorrow to make you feel special. And then when he doesn't do it, he's a piece of crap. You know, like stuff like that. And nowadays, there's also like father figures. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to, okay. And somewhere, somewhere like halfway between father figures and uh, relationship advice is like, MGTOWs. How to be a man. Yeah. How to be your own man. So I need don't to, need no lady. I need yeah. to I need to wear something that happened to me. So I low-key actually kind of got deep in the MGTOW weeds when I was in college. Okay. Like Stefan Molyneux. Oh geez. Guys like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm watching their content. Uh, Sargon of Akkad. Uh-huh. Um, he's pretty MGTOW. Uh, he's I not, guess so. I didn't associate him with that. He's, he's like adjacent to it. Yeah. Um, but Stefan Molyneux was like the that's when you know you've hit MGTOW rock bottom. Um there's another guy, uh, an older black gentleman i forget his name okay i don't know this one huge in the space um but his is really tailored towards like black americans as well okay um so didn't apply to me as much but you know still i I saw some of the stuff i forget his name but i think he's dead now but not important but yeah like so i guess there's a broader category of like how to be a man and then you have like father figure types that are trying to like teach you how to be a responsible adult male as a father would to a son but there's also like the like the elder type, which is like how to be a strong man and take no lip and like women are the devil, but they're necess- but they're necessary. Like 
we've somehow come to the d determination that women are literal Satan, but we still want to interact with them. So how do you <laughs> maneuver that? That's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then the, you have full on like incel MGTOW, which is like, you know, I'm just going to, well, I guess it's not incel. It's just, I'm going to become celibate and join the church or something like that, or mm -hmm. become a monk. Like it, all the things, you know, um, and it's insane that there are this many people out there that give this much attention. And on the one hand, I think there's a lot of cause for concern because the perceived sizes of these people's audiences are shockingly large. Like if we were to take all of the fitness influencers together and somehow make sure that we're not double counting people, which by the way, if you're hooked on any of these things, you're probably hooked on a bunch of people mm -hmm. in the same. That's how this thing goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if we were still somehow able to, you know, uh, find the unique actual number of people, it's not small and that's troubling. Even if, 99% of the people don't actually end up following through with this because hear me out if they follow through with anything in their life anyway they wouldn't need the guru in the first place right um so if that's you you know touch grass but yeah get uh, a hole of yourself yeah go dig a ditch just because you need to do something for yourself um yeah, go dig a hole that is a very cathartic experience it actually unironically is it, it, it really <laughs> is um it's one of those primal mammal things to oh, do it is Just dig a hole in the ground find a good sturdy stick and carry it around in the woods like yes the, yes gets the unga bunga juices flowing the you unga know? bunga juices not feels confused right. unga bunga yes very satisfied yes <laughs> find things that fit in the palm of your hand just right like a banana it's just like mm. i just feel better now for holding <laughs> this <laughs> this is my emotional support banana <laughs> The hominid in me is really happy right now. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm strunk with stick. I'm strunk with stick. You know what? I'm just going to start running for like no reason through the woods and jumping over stuff that's not even that tall. But man, it feels great to have two legs and be able to walk upright and flip the bird to all these other animals that don't have just walking upright or thumbs. <laughs> like, get uh, on my level. Get on my level. You don't even have a stick. You don't even have stick. You can't even use tools. <laughs> 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 Oh goodness! I that threw me. That that was a deep tangent for some reason. Like <laughs> I I started like empathizing with that statement, like or sympathizing. Like I I started feeling it. Like just thinking about it and contemplating it made me feel good. You know. I want to go get a stick now. I do. Yeah, I want to dig a hole. I want to get I want to get covered in mud and be okay with it. You know what I mean? Like there's a thing about that where it's like I I'm sweating like crazy. It's hot as crap and I'm dirty, but. Everything's all right. Everything all right. Yep. Um, weird. Uh, so yeah, like the, I, I forget where we left off. But, so gurus, right? I've been distracted uh, by holes. I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um. Yeah. So there's all these different. You have all these people everywhere. The population of people. So yes. But if they take just some of the advice. It's troubling. And it also, I think, has a large degree. There's different effects that are being had by these different groups, but they're all... But by the nature that what makes them all the same is that they're con men, which means they're deceiving you and gaining your trust. A lot of the facsimiles that are... The, the way that's being achieved is by presenting an image or an idea that is actually not very realistic and making it seem super attainable and then providing an even more 
fast track way to attain it. And I think that's the common thread that makes all of this a problem is that there's a, it's, it's delusional, literally it's like promoting delusion or, and I hate this term is overused, but like, it's, it's like gaslighting people, um, in a way, Mm -hmm. because you can also maximize this effect by making things flaws that aren't flaws and making it worse, you know? Yeah. Good example. Most men, I would imagine, walk around in their daily life not feeling inadequate. But man, if you can make them feel inadequate and then also provide a low barrier of entry way to no longer feel that way, and then also... Right. Yeah, I'm here with the cure as well. Yeah, and yeah. I'm I'm also a man of peak adequacy, so you can trust me, bro. Every every guy out there... This is what... Aber- peak adequacy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get some merch. Um, <laughs> the Philosopher's Podcast peak adequacy we are Um, the most acceptable (laughs) yes um and also like communicate and and like leveraging the delusion that like oh well most people have six-pack abs and if you don't i mean what are you doing right right you're just wasting your time you you really are like a part of the small minority of like people living a terrible life you need to come join the rest of us and the fact that these cluster these types of people cluster Mm-hmm. also kind of helps reinforce that where they're kind of aiding in each other's con by yeah they're the not actually competitors they're on the same team yeah even though they each want your money right um they each want you to buy what they're selling but they're on the same team because yeah they they can by by coexisting they set the paradigm right it's like cigarette companies all cigarette companies benefited from people thinking smoking was not unhealthy and cool. Yes. So they're all more than happy to push the memo of smoking cool. They'll compete over which cigarette you buy, but if they can work together to grow the number, the market share of smokers or the market of smokers, they all stand to benefit say, in the same way. So it, it, it'd be like that. Can we take a moment to appreciate that there's just a brand of cigarettes called cool? With a K, yeah. With a K, like that. That was a thing. They just, they didn't even bother trying to hide it. No, it's like, cool. You just buy this to look cool, man. Imagine being someone who bought cools. Look, I knew people who bought cools. They were not right. I mean, <laughs> reminding me of the subcultures I used to be a part of. There is a subculture around smoking. Oh yeah, of course. Very fascinating. As a former smoker, let me tell you, it is one of the most interesting circle of people. Like. It has everything you need for a religion almost, right? Like, <laughs> when you think about it, uh, it's very easy to tell who the adherents are. And they are very helpful within the church. I.e., if you are a smoker, and they also have their own, like, little temples, right? Like, the smoking areas. Yes. Where, oh, good, now we can just congregate. Welcome to the prayer room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, can I bum one? Yes. Do you it know- is part of the smoker code. You must allow... You must bum. Yes. yes. You must give alms to the, the, the nicotine needy. <laughs> like, yes. Um, if you're not a smoker, and I don't encourage people to do this, by the way, but it, you will never find a more giving group of people it, for that one specific thing. Like, they will fight you over 50 cents because that is, like, almost a tenth of the way to a pack. <laughs> um... <laughs> And they will scrounge for that other four fifty, but uh, but if you ask them for a cigarette, a they will single give you cigarette, one. they will give you one. They, they will give you multiple. 
like the number of times I've been down pad and like payday tomorrow and I had to eat. So I made the good choice of choosing food over cigarettes and had to like walk around the corner and be like, Hey man, can I bum one? And they go to hand me one and I go, and, and then you smoke that one. Then you go, Hey man, uh, I'm down pad for until tomorrow. So can I bum a couple and I'll get you back. And people who will like take three or four out and hand them to me for like to hold me over till tomorrow. Well, wow. I, I think I can count on, I, I was a smoker for five years and or more is more. It's like seven years. And the number of times that someone said, nah, man, get your own. I could count on one hand. Like I distinct. And that guy was a pariah. Like all the other smokers were like, oh, that guy, you know, he's very stingy. He's very stingy. Um, Wow. You got me into a real tangent with that one. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, so it's this mass delusion that's being pushed by a lot of people. And I don't think there's a conspiracy. This is one of those places where I feel like it's easy to walk into conspiracy theory land because you see all these moving pieces that seem to be working in concert. But the reality is, is they're all just responding to the market force on it. You know what I mean? Like there's money to be made. If if you are naturally not obese, like, like you are just average looking and you could probably achieve a decent physique that could be easily edited and airbrushed to look great within like a month cool make a youtube channel and then start you only have to do one rep of every workout just to show someone how they would do it right Mm -hmm. you don't actually need to be able to lift it they don't even have to be real weights they can be foam right because they can't tell they can't tell through a video yeah you know and you can start building your own cult around fitness you know and if you and once you start getting into the weeds and you need to start competing with all these other buff guys then then you start hitting steroids a little bit you know but for financial advice, you don't have to have any real money, you know, to do that. Um, it's just a super easy way to make money. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense to me that the people that are looking for the real get rich quick scheme found it. And then instead of, it's like, instead of helping people also achieve the dream, because if everyone's selling snake oil, you can't make any money selling snake oil. You know, you do, you misdirect people right. or something else. But uh, I can't help but notice that there are a lot of people that like, there are a lot of people actually getting their lives really screwed up by this kind of stuff, though. Yes. It's actually pretty damaging. Like, I think most people have anecdotes about it, but like, it's it's pretty pernicious. You know, like, I don't know if you have any anecdotes or like ideas about like how this really screws with some people, but like, I know some people that like are really messed up by this kind of stuff. I don't know anyone who has been messed up by like a guru type con um i know people who've been messed up by like mlms Mm. um but they all kind of have a similar vibe to them too of like there's always a guru at the head of the mlm yes or or whoever well okay so the thing about mlms is every member of the mlm is encouraged to recruit people so whoever recruited you is like your guru they know about the thing or maybe the one above them yeah, and it and it makes sense to me why the majority of people I see that participate in MLMs are also like usually religious. Mm-hmm. It's the same structure, right? Yeah, your your mind is already primed for it to fall for that same kind of flawed reasoning. Yeah, and to want to be a part of something bigger, right? Mm-hmm. That's another thing, you know. And what kind of sucks and magical is, healing powers, magical healing powers. Yeah, and I kind of hate that there are people out there willing to defend this behavior as I am helping people achieve peak goals because like i think in the 
we'll call it the manosphere because that's what they call it nowadays it's not the migtow land it's okay the, the generic name for i've been away from that for long enough i i'm yeah. not keeping up with the terminology anymore i only know about it because i've I've heard people talking about it. Okay. Um, and I've heard that term used loosely, but essentially that's the new term for like mm, how to be a man central, you know? Okay. And, and it doesn't matter who it is. And it's more than just men these days. Like there's all kinds of stuff out there, but there are people who legitimately believe that like women are garbage and sure. you should not trust them at all. And they are there for your benefit and you do not need to owe them anything. And you don't need to be a good person for an example. Right. Hmm. And, they're going to leave you anyway at some point. So you might as well do what you need to do until that happens and then prenup up. <laughs> you know, like, And there are people who actually live that way who are like, this is the, the best lifestyle. You know, there are people out there who, and you see with diets too, there are people out there who actually eat nothing but red meat. Like nothing else or like raw red meat. Gross. Vegans exist. <laughs> and they actually wholeheartedly believe that they are making a huge positive difference in the world. And they don't see anything wrong with spreading that. And that's where I think it really starts to get awful to me. Because you can't expose those people, really. Mm -hmm. like, like, you can only expose their downfall. But that takes time, usually. Like, there are a lot of people who go vegan. And within a year, they don't look that different. They look a little different. But if you watch them over the course of, like, a decade, they deteriorate an insane amount and it becomes obvious to anyone new who will like walk in and see this person's like i'm really healthy but they're missing all like the micro fat that's like stuffed around like they look like an emaciated person who is starved to death and it's not because they aren't eating enough calories it's just because they're not supporting certain nutrients in their body that needed to maintain a healthy appearance and they just don't look healthy anymore but they don't see it because it's been a 10-year gradual downturn for them right and but they keep doing it because they're high on their own supply. They actually think that it's a good thing. And, but by the time it's 10 years in, they, how many people have they goaded into this with them and drug them down? And then how many of those people went out and started their own channels and they actually look healthy. So I'm going to go follow the vegan advice of this person. Mm -hmm. It could be the same advice, but you don't know that you're looking at the one year snapshot and the 10 year snapshot of the same thing, you know? Right. Um, so that's what makes it kind of difficult is, you know, is it, is it really a con at that level? You know, are you, but you're still a guru. No, cause you're not setting out to trick people. Like these people actually believe it in that case. Right. But you're still a guru. Maybe. I mean, it depends. I think what makes someone a guru is not the person themselves, but the other people that would, it's, it's a title that's bestowed. It's not yeah. one that you can claim. Sure. Um, and so, I guess what also I think exacerbates all of this is that there is so much information these days. Like it is easier than it has ever been to get information it, but it is seemingly just as hard, if not harder to find useful information now. Yeah. Because it's just flooded with crap. Mm -hmm. Like if you actually wanted to get a retirement plan set up and going, who do you even go to to figure that out? Not YouTube. Not YouTube, probably. There are people on YouTube who give good recommendations about that. But you're going to have to wade through the sea of people who don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. And, it kind of and if you go in not knowing anything, you can't distinguish between the good and the bad. 
which yeah which is why you you're to, looking you have to know the principles of finance and and what you're what you're actually trying to do before you can start weighing good advice versus bad advice right you don't have to be a true expert but it's easy to be fooled by things when you don't know the basics like because it's like okay saving up for retirement right most people's strategy these days if you're trying to do that is to get in the stock market mm-hmm. but stocks are mysterious to most folks um and so it's very easy to like fall into the trap of the guy who again has the has the fancy uh stock price charts going on in the background and is telling you about all the oh look at the uh you know if we see this chart pattern here it's got that he's he's got the the double diamond snake or whatever like it's <laughs> whatever made up name like okay these patterns exist but i am convinced that like all of them are made up oh, yeah. um and they mean actually nothing and I, I okay my 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 other hobby is watching the uh the headlines for stock news and then watching them like be wrong in the middle of the market day and then change the headline to fit the mm-hmm. result of what happened. Um, and, these, and these are like big news sources. Um, with, with experts whose entire job is paid to give this expert advice. Right. But I, I can literally watch the headline changing throughout the day. Like, oh, the market's opened. Uh, you know, the, the market's opened. Uh, or like, okay, like market futures are down this morning amid fears of whatever. Um, and then like... 30 minutes if the market's open, everything is up. Um, and then the headline changes to markets up early in the day, uh, hopeful about whatever. And it's like, you wrote both of those articles at the same time and then just changed which one was up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So none of these patterns mean anything. And so it's easy to, it's easy, but when stocks are mysterious to you, it's easy to think about, you know, the, oh, all these, all these trading guys, these guys are experts at like, doing all the technical analysis and figuring out like what is the magic stock to buy today and it's like no as as with health and fitness the answer is boring yeah um there's a very simple and reliable strategy to make money in the stock market um i'm not going to give that here because i'm not your financial advisor and i don't uh know what your personal finances are looking like so i'm not going to tell you how to spend your money but you know what there are people out there that you can talk to about that like in person Mm-hmm. um fiduciaries yes. um financial advisors like actual folks whose job it is to give good advice about that to and, you and and have a actually are 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 bound to seek out your financial benefit um rather than to enrich themselves yep. and pretend to know things yeah um that's that's the thing absolutely well, and I think this also plays against something that is commonly held as a convention, which is the wisdom of the masses. Like, have you heard that phrase before? Sure. I don't buy it. Um, people are stupid uh, in general. I think there is a place where wisdom of the masses is, is applicable. But I wonder if we're entering into a time when it isn't anymore. Like, good example. If we're in a tribe of tribal humans, Ungabunga style, and everyone's like oh you don't eat the red berries why you just don't don't. everyone knows that okay and then you go eat the red berries and die it's like told you to eat the red berries you know you get really sick don't eat the red berries you know um why does everyone know that well 
probably because we're all living the experience where enough of us are having to figure stuff out on our own that we've either firsthand witnessed the result of some action or secondhand, like we've seen it or seen the consequences directly of it. And so in that type of a society, there actually is something to be learned and gained from just seeing what other people are doing and also doing it. But that, well, and also there is a, there is a very direct uh, benefit of having a culture of sharing information like that mm-hmm. um, because you're part of the same local community. So if you share what you know and everyone else shares what they know, everyone's going to be better off. Right. Right. And you have no incentive to lie. Um, right. Tricking someone into eating the red berries and getting sick doesn't help you in any way. I don't know. Maybe you're just a sadist, but <laughs> probably not. Right. But in a world where, firstly, there are so many specializations that not enough people have had that firsthand experience to know, actually, whether this is a good or a bad idea is part of it. Mm-hmm. But also when the vast majority of people who are even talking about it are also uneducated, but they are educated enough because the data was made readily available to them mm-hmm. just exacerbates it. Right. Um, like there was a time when it was considered perfectly acceptable to not know something. And if someone asked you about it, you could just be like, I don't know. And that's still today. It should be okay to say, I don't know. I say, I don't know all the time about things I don't know about. Right. But there are plenty of people who just cannot be bothered to not know or to not have a smart sounding answer to the problem Mm -hmm. and point to a source that they've not verified, not because they wouldn't, even though they probably wouldn't, but that they actually just can't because they don't know how. Um, But optically, it's better to sound like you know what you're talking about than it is to actually know what you're talking about. Um, And I think that that's, that's a huge problem like and i think we're starting to see it as well in other areas like you and i work in a technical field mm-hmm. i think we're both in in software i think that's what that's been established before something yeah, in that we've realm. Talked about that on the show yep um it is shocking how crappy code has gotten oh my goodness yes like and Programming is one of the things where there are real-world consequences to bad programs. Mm-hmm. You know, Therac 25 is a great example. A code bug accidentally gave cancer to a bunch of people by controlling a radiation-giving machine by dosing them up too much. Like, that's a gross oversimplification of what happened. But that was a place where a software bug actually killed people. Um, but it's not just programming. Like, the number of incidents with, like, power outage failures for example it's going up you know and you can maybe blame that well because more people have electricity obviously you know there's just more yeah maybe but also there's also more software yeah well but even then how do you you know when you're looking at how we're figuring out who needs to do these jobs actually having the skill and expertise and having the ability to do a good job is no longer as is it's it's important relevance is you know shrinking in comparison to on paper knowing everything you need to know Mm -hmm. and in software that's particularly terrible i think because of how short cycle jobs are these days Mm -hmm. where 
it's you're not going to be at a company for more than two years. You're not going to see the consequences of your bad code. No, yeah. probably not. And more importantly, um, when you go to go to your next job, they're not going to ask you about your previous employer. They're just going to ask you what you did and how much money did you make and, you know, did you have a good reputation there? You know, like, it, and I don't think it's just those. You already secured your next job by the time anyone finds out yeah. how bad your stuff is. Yeah. And it's not just that, but I think there are so many things in, in like, the market these days about getting hired where it's, it's it's nearly impossible to verify that you have a good quality candidate and then once you do it's almost impossible well, that's to another place where gurus are by the way hiring and job applications yes <laughs> well and, and you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna go on a limb here i blame hr departments for this largely yes um it starts with them where you have people who don't actually have any real skills because you don't have a real... You're facilitating a function that could have easily done by a machine in the first you're a bureaucrat. place. You're a bureaucrat. You're, you're literally a bureaucrat. A corporate bureaucrat. Yes. And your job is to help hire people to do things that you could not do yourself, nor in a lot of cases you can even understand. Mm -hmm. And you are so heavily handed and involved in that process that you're that it invalidates those who actually can do those things. Yes. And in order to compensate for your personal inadequacies at performing the job for which you are hiring for, you and the other HR people all got together and came up with elaborate documentation and bureaucratic processes that are guaranteed to find the right candidate for the job. They don't. They don't. And you can't know that. And there are a million reasons to explain why the company's no longer doing well, but you're not one of them. Right. No one points the finger at HR because says, you, this is your fault because you don't actually know what you're hiring for. Right. And it's hard to point the finger. Instead of getting the experts in the interview. Right. And it's hard to point fingers at people who actually also don't do anything other than that. You know, it's hard to blame them for anything when you don't do anything majority of the time, besides facilitating, again, a bureaucratic function. Um... But once you let the first batch in the door of, you know, dummies that can't actually do the job, they're in and they're accumulating experience, which are years of to go fool some other HR department into thinking that these are experts. Yep. And then in, eventually when we figured this out that, oh, this is actually a problem, we need to start having the engineers help and who... Who's doing that? The people who got hired based on the number of years of experience they have on their resume. And who actually also don't know. And Right. And from that point, it's really hard to recover. You've entered into kind of a death spiral on that thing. You know? And this is related to gurus in the way that all a guru needs to do is to convince you that you're smart. To convince you that they're trustworthy. And that you should give them your confidence. That's all you, that's literally what you're doing in a job interview. You can't a lot of times actually prove it. Really? You just have to gain the confidence of the person who's controlling the rubber stamp behind the scenes to stamp yes, you know? And I think this is what you end up with when you have a larger emphasis on everything making sense on paper or, you know, in theory. But when it comes to the practicals, you know, it doesn't pan out, you know? And I think it gets reflected in our education system as well, because how do we determine whether or not kids are smart? Cool. Let's feed them a standardized test, you know? 
So that way, when they get in, into the real world and their car breaks down and they get a flat tire, they can whip out their number two pencil and take the standardized test to get that tire right back on there. Mm-hmm. You know, like I know I'm and I'm not saying that there aren't good ways to help validate knowledge, but knowledge without practicals is useless a lot of the time. Like ex, you know, execution, you know, that's important. And life's not graded. Like, you know, how would yeah, you... Yeah, life is pass fail. Yeah, like how would you feel if your electric company received an A plus, an A rating, which means that 90% of the time you had power? Is that acceptable to anyone? No. No. But they got an A. It's good enough. You know? And imagine that we set the bar a lot lower for a lot of other things. Like, you got a C. C is passing, which means you got 70% of the time. Are you ready? Are you prepared for 30% of your time, your power to not work, your internet to not work, your programs to not work, your car to not start 30% of the time? <laughs> like, no. Yeah, that's insane. It's, yeah. it's, it's ludicrous. And, you know, it's it's absolutely ludicrous. And so... I think that's my biggest pet peeve with gurus is they are largely a symptom, but they also greatly exacerbate a problem, which is that we are starting to value not like we're starting to value information over experience, like actual experience and capability. Um, and it's because information is being used to validate confidence and to validate that you should trust. And it's, it's hard because you can't really become an expert in everything for your life. You can't become as good as a doctor at knowing medicine. You can't become as good as a mechanic at knowing how to fix your car. And you can't do all of these things together, right? So at some point, you got to trust somebody. So you're kind of, you know, there's a proverbial gun being held to the back of your head as far as like, you got to trust somebody. Mm-hmm. And because we all now know that that's true, um, People have capitalized on that. They've capitalized on it. Yeah. And not only that, but with, well, flooding the market with all these people, you're also kind of commodifying that experience as well, which mm-hmm. I think is the other thing we kind of wanted. I think we originally were going to jump into that. And we may talk about what a commodity is later. Mm-hmm. But the commodification of experts in that way and in gurus makes it even more difficult because if you are actually good at your job, you are actually an expert. The fact that you can actually collect is good, but the problem is, is that you're going to lose in marketing because while you spent all your time getting good at the thing, you didn't spend as much time getting good at selling that experience to other people. So that's why I feel like you see so many people, like it is totally upside down to me looking at like employment markets when I see actually hard jobs that require really good programmers being offered at salaries cheaper than like a air quote data scientist who's going to be putting together spreadsheets for PowerPoints all day Mm -hmm. because they were told that that is a hard job and people bought it and they believe it. But they were also told that any two bit programmer can, you know, write code that keeps the international banking system up and running, (laughs) you know? And so it, it almost disincentivizes becoming good at anything too, because it's like, I don't need to be, it's hard to be good at stuff. It's, it's dumb, simple to start the process, but it takes time, effort, yeah, and or energy. Just be average and still make good money. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's like scratch off tickets. It's literally like the data equivalent of scratch off tickets, which would you rather do work your rear end off your whole life and save like a dollar a day or, you know, $2 a day up for retirement or, 
however much you would normally spend. I don't buy lottery tickets. I don't know. I don't know how much scratchers are, but like maybe 10, 20 bucks. I don't know. 20 bucks. A couple dollars. A couple yeah. dollars. So we'll, we'll, we'll round up, make it a reasonable number. 20, $10 a day on scratchers. Um, and that's all over 30 years. That's a lot of chances to win, you know? And by the end of your life, you might actually, you know, in your head, there's a good chance that you're going to win that lottery. And then you're going to be set for life. When the real answer, if you want to be successful, generally speaking, is, hey, if you just put $10 a day, that's a really good retirement fund. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. pretty decent, actually, if you manage to put back, back that much money. And it's a done deal guaranteed. But, right, you've got the money, yeah. But you for sure won't get to pay it out, take it out until you're 70 or whatever. But if you're playing scratchers, man... Maybe, you could win tomorrow. You could win tomorrow, you know, but you might not. But if you don't, you still got time. That I feel like that's literally how things are going with information these days. Yeah. Why actually sit down, read a book by an expert, read multiple books, compare the sources, figure out why these two say this, this one says mm-hmm. something else. Try it yourself to some degrees. You know, you could do that and you're going to for sure get the answer, but it's also for sure going to take time. Or you could maybe watch an entire eight hours of YouTube a day for a month on the same topic and you might get the perfect answer, but you probably not going to get probably will learn nothing of substance yeah yeah i think the only difference between that and the scratchers is with scratchers you don't walk you, you walk away feeling like crap when you realize you didn't win anything when you're watching the youtube videos it gets you hyped up about you can you can trick yourself into thinking you're educating yourself mm-hmm. and get real because you are kind of but just not very efficiently at all you're informing yourself yeah maybe not educating yourself yeah, I guess that's that's kind of the thing. It's it's the it the, the the depth of knowledge is not there. YouTube is great for learning about things at a surface level, but if you want real deep knowledge, you're not going to find it there probably. Yep. I feel like there's more to go into, but we may have to part to this at some point. Maybe. But until then, philosophers. Philosophers. <laughs> If you like the music in this episode, please check out Jippy on Bandcamp at jippy.bandcamp.com. Philosophers is supported by viewers like you. If there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a topic you'd like to see revisited in the future, please let us know by contacting us using the methods in the description, or in the comments below. Thank you for listening.